very excited to welcome Noah uh, back to the Food Weirdos uh, recording studios here at Unplanned Comedy Warehouse on Butler Street today. Oh, I love what you've done with the place since yeah, I've been here last. Definitely, definitely. It's all, all me now. Um, so, but yeah, so Noah and I um, were on an improv team together and pretty much like after every, every show, every uh, rehearsal, we're talking about food, whatever, you know, what restaurants we've been to. Um, what we're thinking, what we're growing in our gardens, or what he's growing in his garden. Um, so we, it was just kind of a natural thing. Let's like we, we've been talking about it for long enough. Let's bring this back because we were going to have this conversation anyway. So we may as well have it in front of our tens of listeners. <laughs> exactly. Well, I, and I think when you say that about food, I, I think some people think it's weird. Like, oh, you talk about food, but I think it's weird if you don't talk exactly. about food. Exactly. Yeah, food. You, it's, it's like the most basic thing. You need like you need food. Water and shelter, right? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, uh, I, I work with people that are so boring because they don't, they have no food passion. You know, if you're like, man, I made a really good salad last night. They're like, you mean you had a bowl of lettuce? I'm like, no, no, no. no. Not, that, oh, can, ooh, yeah, exactly. No, food is important. Like, it's taking pleasures in the little things in life. Uh, and food is a little thing that it, you have, you can control it. You can, you can personalize it. You can customize it. I think food is one of the most doable things if you practice you can do well at home because there's a lot of things. You can go out and see a movie, an action movie. You can watch a guy rock climb or you can watch a guy fly an airplane and you think, oh, it'd be so great to do that, but chances are you're really not going to be doing that. Mm -hmm. But you can watch a cooking show or you can go out to eat and have a great steak. You get a good chance of emulating that at your house with just like a barbecue grill Watch a couple of YouTube videos. There you go. Maybe buy an extra steak just in case. Exactly. Um, you know, you mess it up, make soup, feed it to the dog, whatever. Exactly. But I mean, you know, food is, I don't know, keeps the world going around. Absolutely. Amen. Preach it, brother. Bridge. I'm really excited to hear about this. I'm living vicariously through your garden right now, so... The, the only thing, and it's so backwards what people think, because we've had so much rain, and everybody's like, oh, I bet you love all this rain with your garden. No. It's too much rain. It just drowned it out. Like, it, it decimated my onions. Oh, no, yeah. So now there's these wee little things, but uh, not too bad. A little concentrated flavor, hopefully. I harvested my garlic, Ooh. which turned out they were, they were smaller than what I really wanted them to be, but right. I had a lot of them. Okay. And they've just cured. They've been sitting, and they're all nice and dried out. Nice. And I, I had some the other day. And they're small, but they're uh, they're pretty potent. potent. Nice. But and we talk about gardens, and I, me and Steve are talking about this. I've lived other places, and gardens are different from region to region. I think the most common is the tomato. Everybody grows tomatoes. Right, yeah, I mean... I love tomatoes. Well, there's the difference between a grocery store tomato and a garden tomato. It's just, it's like night and day. It's like, they're not even the same thing. And if you ever see a blue sticker on your tomatoes in, like, January, and it says hydroponically grown on it, just don't buy it. They're they're with no flavor. They're big and they're red and they're a filler, but there's no flavor. So, I... I, Yes and no. Like, there is... They're getting better and better. Uh, I will say, like, there is a local farm uh, to where I'm, where I'm come from, uh, out in Indiana County, Yarnix Farm. Give them, mm-hmm. give them a shout out. They're amazing. They're awesome. They're, you know, during the summer, they, you know, they grow normal tomatoes, but over the winter, they grow some halfway decent hydroponic tomatoes. It's, I mean, the coolest concept in the world. Yeah. I mean, when I see, I watched some uh, YouTube videos about it and was like, 
That's really cool. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I mean, yes, it's not, it's not quite a substitute, but the other thing too, is you got to know, like if you're going to get a winter tomato, you got to know what tomato to get, get like a little cherry tomato or like one of those Campari tomatoes that are still on the vine. Don't get a big slice. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Like a big beefsteak. No, no way. But, uh, but I lived in South Florida for years and okay. outside of Homestead was where my boss's shop was at. And there's, that's where all the fields are at. Mm-hmm. They don't really farm down there in the summertime because it's too hot. Right. So they farm in the winter and there's tomato fields and all this stuff. Oh. It makes me go, why is the produce so crappy in Pittsburgh? I don't know if it's when they pick it or just the shipping of it. or. It's, but it's, I mean, know. it's, you know, it's the commodity. You know, it's grown in like Mexico or like Canada or somewhere and it's trucked in here. And you pick it green and you, you know, gas it to ripe. Um, so, all right, what, what kind of tomatoes are you growing in your garden? we got to talk varietals. So, I have, like, eight different varieties this year. Good, good. I go to a place, if you're listening to this, and you live in Pittsburgh, it's in the North Hills. Brecknells? Brecknells. Oh, keep that in mind. It's a huge greenhouse, and they do, at the beginning of the season, they have a one greenhouse that's just dedicated to nothing but vegetable plants. Excellent, excellent. And they don't, they really don't play around, because... You, you know, most but if you go to Lowe's, you go to Home Depot, you go to the big box stores, you get maybe three types of tomatoes. They're all way too big for the time of the year when you're yeah. buying them. They're overpriced, and it always makes me kind of sketchy. They're all like modified. We go there; they have heirloom varieties started. Yeah. So I have like black crim. Ooh. I got um, zebras. Ooh. I got uh, yellowheads. And then I got you. Got to have like beef steaks, and you got to yeah. have those early girl. Yeah, I did some early girl. Uh, the one year I grew them, pink um, ladies. Pink ladies are really delicious. They're, they're very good. Yeah. And, and uh, it's it's funny. Like sometimes, like pink lady is like the exception, but usually, like the more unappetizing a tomato name is, the better it is. Like uh, Mr. Ugly is one of my favorites. The Yarnix uh, that I was talking about grows, um, and it's just this this ugly tomato. It's like. It, it's it like folds on it's almost like sections of oranges where there's like lines around it nice. um, and they, they kind of grow out so i like to cut it into like little sections but it's just so when it's good it's just so good the, the black tomatoes people don't grow a lot yeah like the black crim the russian black yeah they're almost the the, the, the black one that i grow it's almost salty when you eat yeah, it. it it's that, it, uh, like, it's awesome it's so yeah you never think of a tomato to have like mineral like a minerality to it but that can be so, just as important as the acidity just as important as the sugar it, it has that mineral component Ooh. I don't eat no ham in so there's two different schools of thought on salting because uh, I like so if you're salting like immediately to eat, yes, yeah, but it, yeah, because if you salt, if the salt dissolves, like, and especially depending on the application, like if you're making making gazpacho or you're gonna like cook with them and you want to salt them ahead of time to draw off the liquid, it really like people have done blind taste tests. You cannot tell oh, when no. it's dissolved. Yeah, I'm with you there. I'm okay. talking about cutting okay. on your cutting board some fresh okay, cracked okay. pepper, some good flake salt, good flake and salt. You're yes, eating it. that's it. That's all you need. My yeah. So it was like a, a story from my grandpa where he like, he would just, he would, you know, go into the garden, you know, this was the 1940s probably. I honestly, yeah, it was probably a victory garden. Um, so go. he'd go into the victory garden with a shaker of salt in your back pocket and you just pick a tomato, uh, shake some salt and you just bite into it like an apple, man. Oh, that's, see, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I don't think enough younger people do garden. I, yeah, I wish. So 
Well, I mean, I think, you know, speaks to the, you know, inequalities of the world and that people of my generation don't own own homes. We don't have access to gardens. Um, you know, people who are, who aren't working the nine to five gig, um, or when I gardened, I had, it was like a, it was like an eight to three gig. So I could like get home from work, plenty of time in the afternoon and I could walk. I had, like, I had access to a community garden. Um, and then my landlord owned three houses in a row and I was like, yeah, you can use the back back yards, all three houses. But even you get a house in Pittsburgh you got to be careful about what you grow in the back because you don't know what's in the back, what's in your yard. I, I say it all the time about Braddock. Yeah. They have those big community gardens down there. Braddock was some steel town, and I always think, what was in that dirt? Yeah, I, it's, I mean, I hate to say it, but you don't what's know. There's, there? you know. There's mercury, there's chromium, who knows what. I mean, we got to be careful in this you know, industrial area. So. I, I, think it, I think it hits. I really got really hit in a garden probably in my late 20s. Yeah. And I had kids, and we bought a you know, house and the whole thing, and that's when I was like, I'm going to have a garden. Yeah. And it's cool when you have little kids, because little kids are into it, and I oh, have yeah. older kids now, and they're just like, Pfft. Yeah. No, I grew up, um, we had, so we, we lived way out in the country, and we, uh, we, it was actually it was almost harder for us to garden because of the deer. Um, oh, you really got to yeah. keep the deer out. So we, growing up babysitting, uh, we went to people who lived a lot closer into town. They didn't have to deal with the deer quite so much, uh, and they... They had a big garden, uh, and so that was like we would go like do chores, uh, you know, do garden chores, and you got to like pick your little toy or trinket out of the thing with X number of points. So you know, weed the garden, pick the garden. Um, they would make. Uh, they had this really cool setup. They, so they used. I mean, this was the mid '90s, uh, and they used gray water. So they used like their dishwasher oh, yeah. water, yeah. Um, and they used it to water their plants. Um, I love that word chores, though. It, yeah. It's it's such an old school word. That yeah. Do you? Do I even use. I've used it with my kids. Do your, you know? do your kids do? Do they have chores? Do they do? Yeah. Well, my son doesn't anymore. He's in okay. college. But my yeah, my daughter does. If you want to, okay. you know, you want to make a buck. Yeah. You're gonna have to do something. I mean, they're not like I'm not like whitewash the fence. You know. No. Nah, you Chore know, is the, powerful. Do the dishes. And, yeah. Oh yeah. But it's just such an old school word. Yeah. It's never morphed into anything else. It means what it means. Yep. Chores. You know? Chores are chores. Gotta love it. Yep. But no, what I was saying about gardens too, I, I call it like the Pittsburgh garden. Yeah. If there's a garden in Pittsburgh anywhere, I don't care yep. where you're at, go in the back and look. They're, they're going to have pepper Pe- plants and tomato plants. I mean, you're not wrong. That was my garden. Mm-hmm. So my garden philosophy is I got to, you know, I got to bust my butt. I got to break my back to do all this labor. I'm going to get the most work out of it or the most produce out of it that I can. I don't want stuff. I mean, I love homegrown onions and garlic, but you grow, you like, you, you dig up an onion, it's gone. You dig up your garlic bulb, it's gone. I want. I want peppers, I want tomatoes, I want eggplants that I, I pick a fruit and it keeps on coming. So uh, like greens, you know, collard mm, greens, you yeah, pick yeah. pick the leaves as they get big, it'll grow. Eventually, you. It's, I, I didn't know this because I hadn't never grown anything, but if you, you keep picking the lower leaves, the stem grows up, you'll get like a little, you know, green tree almost where it's like really? three, four feet. Yeah. Yeah, see that? I don't. Yeah. Now my great grandmother in West Virginia had a garden. Oh. It was a monstrous thing. And... uh I mean, this little old lady. She she was incredible and didn't have a hose. She watered everything with a bucket. I that's I did that the year I, so I that's I, I put on some some muscle, got a tan that year at a garden because I had to <laughs> I would uh, get fill up a five gallon bucket Ooh. from uh, the the spigot. Actually, fill up two. It probably would okay. I wouldn't fill it up. I was probably like I would get like two two and a half gallons per. But I would walk like a block to the garden Holy with these. Crap. Yeah, that was that was my workout. Uh, so this is a good workout. I think I actually, 
Uh, I overcommitted though. I actually killed my zucchini. Um, it got like it got bugs and kind of rotted away because I was actually overwatering it. What that's that just goes back. I was saying all this damn rain is just it's a killer. I mean, in my backyard has some drainage issues that are really amplified this year because yeah. I mean I feel like I should have my canoe at the ready at any point in time. Maybe. But I, I I think gardening's a good. Uh, I think more like say your generation younger people. I, I think it's just guys get older though. Yeah. You're like you know what I'm gonna guard. I'm gonna get a garden. Yeah. I think. I mean, yeah. Given if I given the opportunity, if I weren't traveling, if I had my own place, I would garden for sure. I love it. There's nothing better than garden produce. Um, and even even herbs from the garden, like herbs, man. Like fresh. Like you. Are so expensive. You go to the grocery store, you get a bundle of parsley. Half of it's bad. It's like two bucks, three bucks if you're lucky. You never, you know, you you only eat a quarter bundle. You buy a whole bundle. You can only use half of it. But if you just can go out to like your back door, go to the hillside, wherever, pick some parsley, pick some basil. That's great. It's oh, we get about four types of basil. Oh, all right, we do some thyme. Thyme. I got to do some what, thyme. What and kind of basil? Oregano. Well, you got to have Italian Genovese ba- yeah. to make um, pesto. Yeah, to make pe- pesto. And then I got this. I buy it every year. And whether it is or not, it's called hot and spicy basil. Ooh. And I think it's more of a mental thing because I don't really think it's hot or spicy. Yeah. But, but it's still, it's pretty cool. But uh, one basil I, I detest, and I grew up before because my wife wanted some, was purple basil. You don't like it? I just, man, I don't know. It's like really tough and thick leaves and... I guess not my not my thing. I guess you're right. Here at Food Weirdos, we are all about uh, function over form, and purple basil is all about looking I mean, pretty. It looks yeah, it yeah. looks good, but you know now. Do you, you grow any Thai basil or holy basil? I I have grown Thai basil before. Yeah. It works out well. Mm. I like a fresh oregano. Yeah, we oh. get about three types of oregano because I really like pasta sauce and stuff like yeah, that. That's so. Talk, you talk about fresh versus dried herbs, and there's so the one herb that is actually useful dried. Is oregano. Yeah. Right? It's so, uh, it's all about, I guess, well, okay, maybe rosemary. Like, rosemary kind of halfway. But it's those oily herbs. But, like, dried parsley, dried basil, you might as well be putting sawdust onto your food, right? Dried parsley is the most useless. I don't even know what it's, maybe it's, it's to give some color to your food. I think it is. I think it's like that 1950s housewife. <laughs> like, I gotta put some color on the food, you know. Gotta put some green in there from these four different cans that I opened in this box of, box of soup. Um, yeah, it's, it's Lipton, Lipton onion soup mix. Oh yeah. Uh, that box of soup. Uh, but yeah, no dried parsley is criminal that they sell it. It's, and especially, I mean, yeah, if you, I mean, I say this as a person that doesn't have any herbs, but I, it's, it's like you put a pot on your windowsill, you know, on your porch, if you have it, um, you know, and it'll, if you're halfway lucky, it'll start growing and then you gotta, you know, you've got parsley for... Herb, herbs are some of the easy, like doing window seal stuff and things yeah. like that. And as long as you're clipping it and don't let it flower out, and I yeah. mean, you, you got it, you can keep it going. Yeah. Or like mint, you have to like actively work yeah. to kill mint. You're never gonna get get rid of your mint. There's um, uh, horseradish, right? Yeah. So I used to work in West Virginia. I worked down there for about eight years, and I worked with a guy. His name was Dutch. His name was actually Paul, but they called him Dutch, and he yes. had a garden. <laughs> it was one of the biggest gardens. I just got to help him. And anytime he'd find horseradish, he'd dig it up and he'd start swearing it and he'd throw yeah. it. And I'm like, we planted it like 25 years ago. Oh, yeah. And he didn't contain it. And you never get it all out. So no. just everywhere throughout his garden, he just finds horseradish. So huh. he was like, yeah, if you ever do that, do it in a pot by itself. Yeah. 
good. I was like, yeah, it's a good answer, yeah. Oh, and this year I put corn in just because I had a spot, and yeah. I always wanted to grow corn. Yeah, so have, has it... Uh, yeah, it's kind of, but not. No, you, that's one of those things that you like have to do industrially. You got to have like the big scale, the big tractors. You got to go in and like pollinate it by hand. And I mean, I have crazy I, stuff. It's a good bit planted, but it was just, I've always wanted to do it, and I've just never. And I had this spot, and I was just like, oh, you know what? I'm going to put corn there. And it grew, and I have tiny little corns with the silks on there, but yeah. we'll see if I do actually get an ear of corn out. It'll probably be like the size of my. Finger or something. Hey man, like that. that's make some stir fry. Yeah. Little baby corn. Oh, there you heck go. Yeah, heck yeah. The baby corn talk. Oh yeah. I drop the beat so I can talk about my favorite tastings. The food that is the everlasting. See, I'm not fasting. I'm gobbling like a dog on turkey. Beef jerky, slim jims. I eat sometimes. I like lemon. And so, uh, I, I'm not uh, not meaning for this to be a humble brag. Uh, but it was legitimately a thing that happened a couple of weeks ago, and I'm like, man, I wish I was still doing fear- food weirdos so I could talk about this. Uh, so I just oh, went yeah. went with my friend. Uh, we were, you know, gonna go to Apteca. He lives uh, he lives up in Garfield. You know, we like it. Uh, it's good food, good place. So uh, we roll into Apteca. It looks it looks like there's a crowd out front, um, but there's some people with camera equipment. Uh, I, I brush past to go in because I'm like, I want to get my food. Uh, and I, I look, there's, a, there's a, a bald guy with some like nice, some bright color glasses. And I'm like, that's not. Uh, and then I, I turn around after I walk past him and it's Andrew Zimmern filming at Apteca in Bloomfield in Pittsburgh. Uh, and I like missed my opportunity to like say hi to him or like, uh, oh man. I, so we were in line. We actually, they actually filmed us while we were in line getting our food. Um, but that was like B-roll. Um, there's no guarantee we're going to be yeah, no, uh, in it. Steve but. sent me screenshots of that night, and I'm, my, my level of jealousy was reaching new heights because I, I love Andrew Zimmern yeah, you he, know, ever since he came on. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I know. It's, I, was, I, I was almost worse just to be there to like see him, and then like he's on the other side of the restaurant. He's filming. I can't, like, I want to go like say hi, say hey, thanks. Like, I, you know legitimately like my some of my favorite places in pittsburgh i wouldn't know about um if it weren't for him because i watched his show um I, you know ingredients foods i wouldn't be so open to trying new ingredients if it weren't for andrew zimmern and i think he was like when his show came out he's real he's easy going he's not like you know there's nothing like rough about him he's yeah. not like on the edge of swearing and what you know no. he's He's like the wholesome, he's the wholesome food well, traveling yeah, guy. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, he comes, you know, he has a rough background. You oh, know? Yeah. He's overcome, oh, yeah. you know, addiction. Um, you know, he's in recovery. He's like an amazing, awesome story. Uh, and this guy who's like, you know, genuinely knowledgeable about food, but genuinely like personable, always super respectful of everyone else's cultures. Like he can find the good thing, like the good in anything. Like, And his son has a really cool name. What's his son's name? Noah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. He's, yeah, there's a I club. Mean, I was gonna, yeah. Well, I was going to say, I can see the, the family resemblance yeah. there, Noah. <laughs> no. uh, but yeah, so it was this really cool experience to see him just sitting down uh, and, you know, the chef bring out food. Um, oh, he said so hi. jealous. He said hi to the table next to us. Um, but yeah, I just like, I think I was, I don't know, I was, you know, I could have like plugged like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm like a local food Food, food blogger, food podcaster. Come to my house and eat. Come on, yeah. man. I'm making some soup. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What, what, what would you cook for him? Do you think? Hmm. If Andrew Zimmern came to my house, seriously. Yeah. I would come down to 
I'd come down the street, uh, strip, excuse me, probably go to like Pittsburgh meats, but I, I would get some of the, the, the most top quality steak I could get. And, yeah. uh, cause I really know he likes to eat raw steak, but yeah. I would get something really good like that. And I do mm-hmm. kind of like a steak tartare okay. type thing. And I would just get like real homeschool, like fried chicken. Because I love fried. If you can do good fried chicken, you're a hero. Yeah. It's and just chicken legs. Yeah. That that's the best. Dark and, meat for sure. Yeah, the tartar, um, some fried chicken, and then I would roast some vegetables and make like a really good sauce to toss it in. Ooh. You know, if you had it on hand, which you can get at Pittsburgh Meats in a strip, um, you know, wild game because he loves oh, to yeah. eat. Yeah. You know, get some good like Western PA or something like that. Western yeah. PA venison. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, and of course I asked this question, and now I'm like, I don't know. I think I, I I would have to like make stuff that was like important to me, like uh, just like family recipes that I don't have uh, anywhere else. Well, he would totally be in that. Yeah. So like, um, I mean, I think there. It's some of this. I don't know. So like, Appalachian classic, but it's like like green beans, new uh, new potatoes, and then like some kind of salted cured meat and you just like put that in the crock pot and cook the heck out of it. That and uh, I would make, uh, I'd make popcorn. Yeah. I make the best popcorn yeah. on the face of the earth. Ooh. Yeah. I, so how, do, all right. How do you, how do you, how do you make your popcorn? You got to pick the right popcorn. Okay. Though. I hate white popcorn cause it okay. doesn't, it doesn't pop right. as yeah, big. There's, there's, I mean, it actually has flavor if you look for the right popcorn. Yeah. Get some good yellow popcorn. Yeah. Cause the kernels are real big and I don't cook with a lot of butter anymore because you do the butter substitute thing. We do like the smart balance. Okay. okay. And it's actually, it's not bad, but if I have butter, I'll use that. But then you got to have like garlic powder, onion powder, um, <laughs> a little bit of this super hot paprika I get down on the strip. Ooh. Just a little bit of that. Yeah. Good Parmesan cheese. I, I like to buy it in bulk. I don't like the stuff that comes in the round plastic No, that's tube. that's not that's not even Parmesan. That's yeah, I'm like not sure what that is. That's like sawdust with some MSG mixed yeah, it in. It is, and uh, salt and pepper, a little bit of Italian seasoning on there. Yeah. The thing is, you have to have a huge bowl, and you can't fill the bowl all the way up to the top. No. You have to have a bowl, and you have to have it about filled halfway. And as you're drizzling all your, I would that was my daughter's job yeah. to drizzle the butter. Okay, and then, and then you the get other the, person is you shaking. Get the flip going. Yeah, Noah's, do, Noah's doing his flip motion. Flip I know exactly going. what he's talking and about. And then as you're getting the flip going, you got to one hand flip it, and then you got to have all your spices sitting there and start uh, throwing them in because nothing worse than like all your spices end up on the bottom in like one side. No, yeah, then you got your, your, you yeah, know. you're done. So uh, yeah, it's it's like theatrical too. Yeah, I like you it. You do that, then get an apple because that's what my family did. Yeah. And you know, you cut the apple up and you just lay it on top of the popcorn and eat apples and popcorn. Every time I tell this story, everybody gives me that look. That I, you're yeah, giving I'm me just right like, now. I've just, I, I'm, I don't even know. I'm stunned. Apples and popcorn. Yeah. You just, you know, you know, use the core so you get the pieces. And when yeah. you just set them on top, and as you're eating the popcorn, you grab a piece, you know, you eat the apple with the popcorn. You gotta try it. I, you know, yeah, I know. It makes sense. Uh, I love, um, actually, that was that might be something that I would cook for Andrew Zimmern. Um, is one of my things that, I'm sure it's been done before, but it was like the first recipe I ever tried on my own was chicken and apples. Ooh, so ooh. you like braise your chicken thighs, your chicken legs uh, with like, you can go simple, so you can go complicated. Sometimes I like to do just like 
um, just onions, like equal parts onions and apples. Sometimes we'll, like Granny Smith's, you know, a nice tart yep. green apple. Maybe a couple of like galas or something, a little bit of sweetness. But honestly, actually, most of your sweetness comes from the onions. Uh, but you braise your chicken thighs um, or you brown them off, take them out, you cook, sweat down your onions uh, and your apple, and then you throw your chicken thighs back in there, just salt and pepper even. Nice. Uh, and you just braise it. If you need some liquid, you know, some apple cider or some cider vinegar a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's just real simple, but slightly unexpected, but really good when it's done right. Do you think Andrew Zimmer gets, like, do you think people try to over, like, like they're like, he's coming to the house, so we gotta, we're, you know, this is um, wild boar heart that's in this sauce. You ever think sometimes he he's might, like, yeah. He's like, hey, can we just... Uh, I just we, want a peanut butter and jelly. Yeah, can we just have a cheeseburger? Yeah. Can I just have something like that and some good homemade french fries? Yeah. You know. Yeah. But he seems like a nice guy where he'd be He like, would be, oh, yeah, appreciative. Yeah. yeah. Then he gets in the car and he's like, if I gotta eat one more animal heart. Yeah. <laughs> I do love a good heart, though. Beef heart. Yeah. Oh, oh, very good. Very good. Yeah. Beef tongue. Oh, beef tongue. That's where it's at. You go to Reyes down in the strip and yeah. they do beef tongue tacos. So good. I, I made... I will say the one time I think I've ever cooked tongue in my life. It's the be- the best tongue I've ever had. Uh, is beef tongue. Uh, you braise it uh, with garlic and onions and lots of cumin. Uh, some cheap beer. Uh, <laughs> cheap beer. Oh yeah, to the, just braise it down. Um, probably threw in some other stuff. Maybe a little bit of like like a couple of jalapenos or something. A little bit a little bit of spice. But it's mostly it's mostly the garlic, onions, and cumin. And you cook it down you know, for a few hours, braise it down until it's tender. Um, take it out. You have to peel the tongue, which is yeah. super gross. You got to peel the taste yeah, buds off very, of it. That's very, but ugh. yeah. So you, you peel it, you, you stick it back in the liquid to cool down, um, over overnight basically. Uh, and then, so oh, yeah, man. then you, you cube it. Uh, and then once you got your tongue cubes, um, you take, you take some of the fat that's rendered off from the top of your broth overnight. Um, solidified. You put that in your cast iron pan uh, you get your you get your uh, beef tongue fat smoking, and then you crisp up your uh, tongue in the fat. Uh, sprinkle a little salt, little lime juice. Um, keep it crispy. You can do this. Do the same thing. Toast your corn tortillas. Good corn tortillas in your beef fat, uh, and then all you need is your your tongue, some onions, some cilantro, some lime juice, and oh, it is man. so freaking good. All right, so everybody who's listening to this, they're going to be like, we're going to Steve's, and I'm going to make them do that tongue dish. It's, it's Tongue Fest, Tongue Fest 2018. Oh, yeah, there you go. That's... Yeah, uh, keep keep your eyes uh, out on the calendar for Tongue Fest 2018. That was, you talk about weird things. There's an Agway up in the North Hills. Yeah. And I stopped there, and that's where I get bird seed. And yeah. And I buy raw peanuts that feed squirrels, and I also make a lot of boiled peanuts. Oh, do you, I didn't, I, I'll have to look into that. I, I love... Boiled peanuts. It's the only... So my grandparents used to live down in Virginia, southwestern Virginia, uh, and there's a farmer's market down there, and that's the only place I ever saw raw peanuts. The boil, is, They're so different. They're like... they're it's Because peanuts, they're not technically a nut. They're like a bean. A, a legume. Or, legume, yeah. yeah so like, yeah. like soybeans. Yep. Really, have you ever had roasted soybeans? Oh, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like a snack. It's like a peanut. Uh, but so the, you can do the reverse where you take your peanut and you boil it and it's almost like a soybean, like an edamame. And, and you gotta, I, I've, I've, perfect, I've, I've done them 20 different ways and finally about 10 years ago, we figured out the best way to do it. We have a really big roaster that yeah. my, somebody gave my wife and that's what I do them in. And I do them, I mean, they're in there for like 24 hours. Yeah, you gotta. You just keep adding water, water and, and, you salt know, and, and salt. And then the key though is to take them out when they're done and the water that you made them all in. 
got to get rid of most of it and put fresh water in because there's so much salt yeah. in everything. By putting the fresh water in, a good bit of the salt comes out, makes them tolerable. Because the one time I did them, I love salt. Yeah. But holy crap, yeah. man. Ooh. But yeah. they're, uh, and then I canned them. So Ooh. I had them on the shelves when we used to go nice. camping. I used to bring them in. They were great. I love boiled peanuts. Nice. Yeah. I'd, I'm not going to lie. I mean, not being, not being a true child of the South, I can't do, I, it's harder for me to do like just boiled peanuts as a snack. Um, but like you add a, as an ingredient, like boiled peanuts in like a stew. Oh, so good. Yeah. Um, peanut soup. Like the first time I ever had peanut soup, it was like, it was gross. It's like hot peanut butter. Um, <laughs> but that's because real peanut soup is made with boiled peanuts. Oh really? So yeah, it's like, um, so it's like, it's, you get that, like you get the like beaniness of the peanut, you know, it's just like probably some, some milk or cream, some broth. Um, and it's just like a really slightly, uh, beany soup. It's so I- good. I would so be into trying that. Yeah. Uh, There's so many people with peanut allergies now. That's, that's true. like freaking me out. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's. So I went to grade school in the 70s. Yeah. I did not know one person in grade school that had a peanut allergy. Not maybe, one. Well, maybe they just didn't know, you know? It was no, just like a minor I, allergy. I, no? no, I don't know. I, okay. Now, though, like my son and daughter's age, there was ton, they had like, they called it the peanut table. Yeah, well, I mean, it's good. You know, it's better, better that than having kids like die of anaphylactic shock. Well, that's what, that's how I knew that nobody was allergic to peanuts when I was little because that never happened. I guess. Yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of theories on that. That it's like as we've gotten cleaner, that you know, people's immune systems are going haywire. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I know enough to know about the theory. I don't know enough to evaluate how true it is. But Who knows? maybe yeah. we shouldn't be eating peanuts. We just don't know that's, it. Could be. Oh man, I love I love peanuts. I. I I'd love to try growing peanuts. Yeah. Oh, there we go. That'd Look at our own I, I don't Jimmy know Carter. Cl- yeah, that, that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Was Jimmy Carter. Uh, oh, but, so. No, it, it's things like that are. are not, it's fun to experiment with making boiled peanuts, and it's like making pumpkin seeds. Yeah. Oh. Do you make pumpkin seeds? You know? Love pumpkin seeds. And uh, if you really like to make pumpkin seeds, wait till after Halloween and go to a place like Walmart and all those pumpkins that were like 15 bucks, yeah. they're now like a dollar. That's not a bad idea. And we did that one year. Yeah. We got like 30 pumpkins. Yeah. We also got a big machete and was like whacking oh, them in half. Yeah. And it was real fun. But we made all kind of different pumpkin seeds. We had like garlic and yeah. we had salt and pepper. So we I, had all my, kinds. My favorite, like I know, like you can go, go to the store and you get pepitas and it's like they already hold them. It's just the green part on the inside. That's good, but honestly, I like when you make pumpkin seeds. I like the outside. I like, it just, like, it gets salty if you roast oh, it with yeah. salt, and it's, like, this weird, chewy texture that I just, it's, like, dry, but in, like, the best possible way. I, I'm such, I'm such, it's, like, so weird, but I just, I love, like, the home roasted pumpkin seeds. And that, and you don't clean them off real good, so there's still, like, little bits of pumpkin on yeah, there. Yeah, it's, like, it, it gets, gets sweet, oh, yeah. and it gets burnt and caramelized. Oh, oh it's oh, great. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's oh heck yeah. Those are weird things. I don't know if a lot of people still do it. I hope they do. Yeah, I, I've, there's enough people out there. It's like still, it's a hidden, hidden gem. Pumpkin seeds. People, people get lazy. I'll just go to Whole Foods and buy it in a bulk section. I, I don't know. I, there is something to be said. Uh, I, so I, speaking of lazy, I, I've given in to the. Uh, I've become a, a Trader Joe's convert, uh, <laughs> and I've given in to like something I thought I would never buy is riced cauliflower. I'm like it's so it's cauliflower. You just chop it down into little like rice granule sized bits. Um, and I like you know I'm like oh well, I'll just chop it right. I don't yeah. need. I don't, <laughs> but man, it is so nice. You just open up a bag of that. 
you know, saute it off with whatever else you want. It's, you know, what I like to do with it is I'll, I'll actually like bake it or broil it. It gets kind of brown and crispy a little bit. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I uh, just get the head of cauliflower, cut it in half or leave it whole. Just put salt and pepper and some oil, oh, roast a little bit it. of foil yeah. on it, stick it on the grill, Whoa, put it in yeah. the back where it's hot but not too hot where it'll burn and then pull it up right on the grill. Yeah. So you get them to start charring it up oh, a little yeah. bit. I do. I mean, it's great. Cauliflower is so good. There's so much you can do with it. Um, fried cauliflower. There's like an Indian dish. Uh, it's, it's like it's like Manchurian cauliflower, yeah. but even though it's like got a Chinese name, it's actually from India. Um, and it's like it's the Indian take on like General So's chicken essentially, but it's made <laughs> with cauliflower, and it's just this like bright neon red from all the spices, and it's so freaking good. Very versatile product. Yeah, I. Call me, call me a hipster, call me basic, call me whatever, but I freaking love cauliflower. There's so much you can do with it. Oh, I uh, always did. You, you can just steam it. Yeah. Put butter and salt and pepper yeah. on it. It's great. I, so I cooked some in some, some broth uh, and pureed it, expecting to make a soup. And honestly, it essentially made gravy. Because um, it was like the cauliflower fortified it and gave it that like creamy texture. So, like, so it was like dr- drinking a bowl of gravy. <laughs> I'm the worst gravy maker on the planet. I just, yeah. I don't know why. That's tough. Can't. You gotta, it's like, every batch is different. If you're, if you're making it like from the carcass, from the bird, uh, every batch is different. But we'll have to come back with a gravy episode. For right now, it's time, time for us to sign off. So, and thank you for joining us on this weird and wonderful food journey. And just remember, even next year, to think about it, just don't, uh, container garden. Contain- there awesome. you go, yeah. If you, if you have the, the area, if you have the money, you have the time. It's so, so worth it. Start with some herbs, start with some parsley, some basil, and just couple, go from there. A couple jalapeno plants, and oh, you'll be hooked. Oh, yes. Oh, there we go. So good. All right. Thanks again, everyone. Uh, if you haven't already, you probably that's probably how you know about this. Like us uh, on Facebook. Uh, you know, Tell your friends. Subscribe. Uh, thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. See you, folks. And as always, stay weird. Ooh. I don't eat no ham in it, You have been listening to Unplanned Comedy Pods, a podcast collection.